So, uh, let's address the elephant in the room in that Daniel's, Daniel's mic. <laughs> yeah, Daniel's mic is significantly less lower quality than it usually is, which um yeah. it, we weren't exactly starting off with the best to begin with. <laughs> but hey, you get me and I don't I don't know what it sounds like. I I would assume that it's just like like I'm talking through a tin can that also has like a bunch of uh tissue paper inside of it. It sounds like you're on the phone. Oh. Well, <clears throat> ring ring. Um but uh, I, <laughs> that was I am, the stupidest. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, ring ring. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm also I, I'm also like never in the same place twice for these podcasts. Yeah, apparently you're you're <laughs> See, on a new adventure every Saturday. Uh, because right now I am uh, sitting on a freezing porch. Oh, nice. Yeah, all uh, of us want to visit there someday. I'll, I don't know if you know this, uh, but fall was about a day and a half long. Oh, yeah. No, uh, no, no. Dude, Halloween here was freezing cold. I was out on the front porch <laughs> handing out the candy dressed as my excellent Terry Bogard. And um, I, the, the, the way the place that I was sitting, like, you know, uh, it kind of goes into like a little corner where the door mm-hmm. is. The wind was getting, like, whipped up and fired in my direction. (laughs) Like, the way everything was arranged. So I was just getting blasted with freezing cold air that whole night while handing out candy. While wearing fingerless gloves, because I didn't want to mess up my costume. And fingerless gloves don't help whatsoever. (laughs) No, they're just there for style and maybe grip. I I would also argue they are for maybe style. (laughs) Wait, that's very much up for debate. Even though, I mean, I can't lie. I'm I'm starting to notice a pattern in the characters that I like. They typically have fingerless gloves. Yeah, I, I wasn't going to say anything, uh, but I'm <laughs> glad that you noticed that. I mean, I'm not I'm not going to lie about how much I like Terry Bogard. And also, he got added to Smash. So this is the first year people have recognized me. <laughs> This is also oh, the third man. year I've been Terry Bogard. I forgot that he was out of the Smash. And I still haven't played his Source game, and I've only played the Switch Smash, like, twice. He has, like, two billion Source games. It's kind of it's kind of hard to, to get a read on Terry. He kind of shows up everywhere. He's also, like, he, he's, he, he's in another fighting game. Like, he, he crossed over into another fighting game, like, this year. Like in addition to Smash, so man, he he's everywhere. He gets around. It's that it's that Englishy attempting to sound like Brooklyn accent English voice that he has. It's so charming. <laughs> <laughs> Which fun fact it, in King of Fighters twelve, the English dub, which is I think that's the last one to have an English dub. Everyone had a new voice actor except for Terry. They kept his super thick English voice because they know everyone loves it. <laughs> well, knowing your audience is very important. Yeah, dude, and SNK that's that has kept SNK alive, which I mean, this is an anime podcast and we so we don't need mean Attack on Titan when we say SNK, which that is the Japanese version that is also the same uh, acronym. And I noticed uh, there was a period of like three or four years where suddenly I couldn't find S and K online. 
SNK just directed you. Like, if you put that into a search engine, just directed you to Attack on Titan. So that's actually how I just have everything spoiled for me for Attack on Titan. Because I was trying to find, I was trying to find tutorials and combos <laughs> for SNK games. <laughs> and then no, you just you just get flooded with spoilers that you didn't really care about. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but that I mean that latest spoiler is what made me think like I should watch this because that is awesome now. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Which we 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 won't share that. Story, nah, but. nah. We, I mean, we aren't talking about Attack on Titan on here. <coughs> I don't even know if that season's still going. I'm assuming I'm assuming it finished up because I stopped hearing about it. Yeah, <clears throat> and I haven't um, seen anything for it. Yeah, and 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 if it had turned out bad, and we were all we were all getting rid of it like everyone did with Game of Thrones, I also would heard about that because I didn't watch Game of Thrones, and boy, everyone heard about how bad that went. That went wow. so bad that Disney fired someone. That's a joke. Disney fires everyone. Well, the the writers from Game of Thrones <laughs> left Marvel, so good, maybe. Were they involved in Marvel? I know that they had a a Star Wars series they that were, was in the work. Maybe it was Star Wars. It was. Uh, I know better. I'm right. Oh, okay. Oh, well. <laughs> but I did I did see recently that they left something Disney. Uh, so yeah, you know, I mean, I think they got kicked off of everything. To Disney. Be ruined. Dude, there were so many little tidbits from interviews that they had that all start to make sense. Where it was like, oh my god, these guys were always talentless hacks. It was just the source material they had to work with it was impossible to get wrong if you just followed it. <clears throat> yeah, like they had HBO money, and they had uh, the book series to just adapt directly. And HBO Money got them good actors who could then act the material well, despite how bad of writers that these guys were. Uh, but then as soon as that ran out, ooh, it all came crashing down. And uh, that's actually kind of relevant, because that's that's uh, that happens a lot in anime, where anime catch up and have to pass the manga. Mm, and then the yeah. anime sucks. Yeah, like uh, that's apparently <laughs> what happened with the first Full Metal yeah, it's Alchemist, the, not Panic. Huh? I said Alchemist, not Panic. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't think that happened to Full Metal Panic. But um, I've also never seen Full Metal Panic. Full Metal Panic's pretty good. Uh, oh, is it, it really? It does a thing where it feels like two completely different shows. About halfway through, like it just changes into a different show. Like it starts off just you know. We're hanging out in the high school in the classroom, and we also are like learning to use mechs. And then eventually, it just you know goes goes full war epic, which hey, it kind of works. <clears throat> I don't know how well it's aged, but it got like a a new movie recently, animated movie. Huh. But yeah. So, uh, freezing cold. Uh, let's let's get to it so that you're not suffering in there for too long. Oh, oh it's too late. The suffering has already begun. I'm just kind of <laughs> dealing with it. <laughs> it's like it can't get worse. Yeah, you know that picture of Jack Nicholson with all the icicles. Yeah, yeah that's uh, that's about me. Uh-huh. But I like how you say, you know, that picture of Jack Nicholson. Like someone took a photo that was on his Instagram. <laughs> that famous, famous photograph of Jack Nicholson when he was frozen, covered in ice. Felt cold, might delete later. <clears throat> what the fuck? 
<coughs> um, can you believe that they're making a The Shining sequel and it's coming out very soon and has Ewan McGregor in it? Yeah, I don't. I I saw that poster and I was like, Hollywood cannot sink lower. They cannot sink lower. Was there actually a sequel book written by Stephen King? Oh, I'm sure. Literally just grasping at straws. I'm sure it was. But here's the thing: ninety nine percent of what Stephen King writes is garbage and never gets adapted to something, which is saying something. Seeing as everything he makes gets adapted to things. Yeah. Have you heard of Maximum Overdrive? The only good thing about any about any of that is the ACDC original soundtrack that was made for it. Huh. <clears throat> it Stephen King was like, I don't know, Diesel's, I guess. And then they were like, a br- brilliant, we'll make it into a movie. <laughs> I think Stephen King has had like maybe five or six genuinely good things he's ever done. And way more than that has been adapted into a movie or show or something like that. Oh yeah. He he's he's got his share of of swill. I haven't <clears throat> read a single thing by him. Really? I've read oh. The Shining. Um Was it good? Yeah, uh well it it was kind of a situation where I saw the movie first. So uh, the way that the books are different, I don't I like them less. He made um <clears throat> he made Jack Nicholson's character well Jack he he made him more uh, <laughs> relatable which I actually think is probably more challenging okay I, I don't I'm not gonna say he made him more relatable I think he tried to make him more relatable and I think mm-hmm. Kubrick maybe interpreted this isn't the one to try to do like that also I think he's still relatable in the movie. To a certain point, like the story is about him losing it, not yeah. not you know, uh, uh, him being understandable the whole way through. I think it actually works. I like that moment in, uh, I mean, stuff like The Shining and, and Breaking Bad and, and other things where people like ascend to villainy. I, I like you know figuring out where the moment is where people are like, okay, nah, he snapped. He's gone too far. <clears throat> I think that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Especially since some people will give you different answers. Like with yeah. Breaking Bad, everyone gives you a different answer as to when he went too far. Like, I need to watch Breaking Bad. Uh, I never finished it. I think I need to finish it. But um, I think there's just stylistically, it doesn't appeal to me very much. But uh, like the writing is so good. Like, <clears throat> and some episodes have astounding direction. I think that was like um, one of Ryan Johnson's main claims to fame before he did uh, The Last Jedi was he directed an episode of Breaking Bad that was like excellent. Like it was really it was really like weird all of a sudden. Like it had this really cool, strange little side plot about a fly and like had this cool uh, cinematography. So I was like, this guy clearly needs to keep things small scale. Because I think he's so much better at that. Not that like Looper is small scale, but smaller than Star Wars, I guess. Dude, I want to see uh, Knives Out. Dude, I'm actually really excited to see that. Another thing I want to see is uh, The Lighthouse. Have you seen the trailers for that? No, I haven't. It's Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe. And the whole movie is black and white, four by three. 
and from all the trailers, it looks gorgeous. And one trailer in particular is just like, bruh, this is really weird. <clears throat> and uh, Will- Willem Dafoe, you know, doing doing a really weird, strange voice, and he's got a big old beard. But um, I mean, I'm always a sucker for Willem. Dafoe oh yeah, and anything that he's in. Uh huh. Also, uh, the reviews I'm seeing is that like Robert Pattinson meets him. In this, like, it's not Ooh. Willem Dafoe stealing the show; it's it's them both stealing the show. So, I mean, Robert Pattinson didn't do anything wrong by starring in Twilight. <laughs> I think yeah. uh, it's, but it, it definitely didn't start him off on the right foot. No, no, no. But I think what's going to happen is, I mean, funnily enough, like Ben Affleck, who is also Batman, uh, Robert Pattinson is going to, you know. I think he's going to become quite beloved. Whereas, like, everyone used to hate Ben Affleck before he started actually acting well. Yeah. <clears throat> I think uh, I-, I think there's something there. Speaking of people who used to just be casted to be heartthrobs and stuff, I saw Ad Astra, and um, I really didn't like it. Oh. Oh, with Brad Pitt? Mm-hmm. Really? It, uh, it had this... This uh, unreliable narr- narr- narrator thing that it seemed to want to commit to, if only for the sake of convenience. And to, to try to explain that a little better, like, trying to, to say vaguely that you have an, unre- an unreliable narr- narrator. Wow, I can't say that. Unreliable narrator is kind of only for the sake of, of deniability when you wrote something poorly. Like, if there's a plot hole or a sudden, strange, like, character motivational shift, Uh, it can just be like, oh, because it's an unreliable narrator, and it's like, "Mm, you're taking a really cool concept and just using it as a janitor. Because, like, you you get the feeling that, you know, he's kind of a reserved guy. You know, he uh, his wife leaves him because, you know, he's not very affectionate and he's more focused on I got to go to space and find my dad. But there's other scenes where it's like, oh, is he just a sociopath? Because everyone that is like in a room alone with him just. Well, I won't try to spoil anything just in case people still want to see it. I think it's it's quite pretty at times, but not so much so that it's like worth writing home about. And I think some of that prettiness just comes from the fact that you had a a big, thick budget to spend on making cool space vistas. And, and what I mean, was the what was the Ryan Gosling movie that just came out that was like really similar? Was it like First Man or something like that? Not really similar because Ad Astra is like sci-fi way out in the future. Um, oh, okay. The the Ryan Gosling one was like the 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 trip to the moon, like the first oh, time that we went to the moon. Explain, that would explain first, man. Yeah, no, no <laughs> one liked it or watched it. Oh, like it it bombed hard, uh, despite the Academy really trying to shill it, just because of course Hollywood's gonna shill itself. But I'm telling you, man, once you figured out that Hollywood and the Oscars, like it's just marketing, <clears throat> everything makes so much more sense. Yeah. But like, uh, yeah, f- first man, the thing that everyone was like, okay, well now I have no reason to go see that was, uh, they said that I think they like, it was part of the, the, 
what what's that called? Like the press junket kind of thing, where you know you're doing interviews, talking about the movie, talking it up and stuff. One of their like selling points was that it wasn't about America beating the Russians to the moon. It was about you know humanity defeating itself and making it to the moon. And it's like, all right, well, not that there isn't something there, but I can already tell from your intent that this ain't going nowhere. (laughs) But anyway, speaking of, well, hmm, I don't know if (laughs) it's, it's not really related this week, but if we wanted to start with Dr. Stone, who I mean, there's a lot of a lot of wants to go to space there. Uh well. What do you want to start with? Uh, uh, I was thinking we start with my hero, just because it's like last week's. Uh, I mean, <laughs> we basically covered it last week. Like <laughs> 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 how I watched it, I watched it, and I was like, "Huh, you know, actually, our episode isn't outdated. <laughs> basically, nothing happens." Yeah, it, I think that's at the part where Ni- yeah, yeah, I I think the part where Night Eye actually said I had already decided I was going to accept you before this, I was like, oh god, it's so stupid, it's so dumb that you didn't need to make him say that. <clears throat> it it yeah. should have just been Deku impressed him and he changed his mind. What yeah. what is the benefit of him being like I had already decided to take you on before you even came in here? Like God it's so it's so just why like like you're you're just going for these cool little moments, I guess, but they're just clichés. Yeah, yeah it it, <clears throat> it does nothing. To either a further the genre or further the plot, or just, it's just like it's actually there. make sense within the context of the world. Like Night Eye's reasoning for why he had already decided to accept him seems kind of silly and almost like zealotry. Yep. Like also, he just, like he just had such overwhelming perfect faith in these few things that it's like okay, well, this seems a little too safe. In a very unsafe my, way. My hero's really just got to pick it up. If if it's going to hold my interest, it needs to pick it up and do it something. Should, it should feature other characters. Because as much as I like Deku, I like Deku when he's bouncing off of other people. Specifically, like, All Might and also Bakugo. Like, those two relationships are what make me really care about Deku. Because that's like the lens that you see his character through, is who he wants to be, and his like his his foil. Yeah. <clears throat> that's why Goku... Would... Goku is only interesting when he's in the same room as Vegeta, in my opinion. Hmm. Because Vegeta is his, his foil, and Vegeta is the good character. Vegeta is like the actual likable person with like a full arc and like a redemption thing. Yeah. He's what he's what makes Goku like interesting to watch, but um, not that. But I th- I still think Deku is way better than Goku. He already has like way more character, and he's he's more relatable, and you actually kind of root for him. Yeah, uh, and I I would I would also <clears throat> say that like I'm. It seems like they're hinting towards a Todoroki and Bakugo episode coming up. Oh, that would be awesome! I would love yeah, that. I, I can't wait I for him to really get to that. that. That would get me real into it, but. <laughs> 
I need to see it first. Yeah, um, I th- I just want more of Todoroki in general, and we haven't seen much of like there hasn't been like a moment where Todoroki and Bakugo have like you know a life changing field trip with Zuko. Like, <laughs> I want, and that's the thing. Like, I I want Bakugo to become the new Zuko. Like, I want Bakugo to get character development by going on field trips with other characters, just because <laughs> I think he's fun to mix in with one other person. If he's in groups, you know, he becomes a character of a caricature of himself, which that's right. kind of necessary when you're writing for an ensemble. But yeah, like when it was just him and Deku facing off alone, that was like you get to see the real Bakugo with like all the depth and stuff. Like he, he can't yeah. just rely on I'll kill you or whatever. <clears throat> That'd be awesome to see with Todoroki. No, um, I, I want it. I want it. I just, we got to Come on. Just like I, slog through whatever this is. And seriously. Whatever. It felt like I was claustrophobic. I was like, can we get out of this boring room in this boring scenario that we already know how it's going to end? I think if he had just denied him, that would have been way more interesting. I would have been like, oh my god, okay, finally. But the fact that he not only accepts him, which is fine, just let's move on, but he then he yeah. clarifies. It's like, you didn't need to add that. It makes it worse now. Yeah, like, it makes it, it to where makes, it's like... It makes it unnecessary. Yeah. Like, and, this entire episode that we just, like, watched is just unnecessary. Yeah. That's the, that's the worst insult. Yeah, it and it it feels like filler, man. I think I was right. I think I was a hundred percent correct about that. Yeah. Um. Uh, oh, oh shoot! I had a thought and I forgot it. What were we talking about? Or filler? I mean, we were just talking about the same thing. Uh, it was it was something you said that reminded me of something that I really wanted to say, and now it's gone. Darn. Well, if it comes well, back, it comes back. Yeah. But, um, man, I just, we gotta, let's move it forward. Claustrophobic. Yep. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of this, this same little bit. Hopefully it'll get somewhere. Not this week, because it's not coming out today. Yeah, yeah it's gonna hate us. What a terrible place to put that. <laughs> Have you noticed? Straight up, no one's talking about my hero right now. Yeah. That's weird. I'm not seeing it anywhere on social media. Like when se- season, like I heard about season one because of social media, and I got on that thing within three episodes. Like it yeah. was at its third episode when I heard about it. That's amazing because I don't pay attention to nothing, y'all. This is what you have to understand. <laughs> if I'm on the internet, it's because I'm like. I'm probably just like looking up obscure games that I'm gonna entertain the idea of buying and then decide not to because I'm like, "Ah, who's got $20 lying around, really? I should just go buy Skullgirls again for the Switch. (laughs) Yeah, Tim just just browses the internet for for sick combos, man. (laughs) I'm like, uh... Uh, I'm, I'm like those people who, who, like, they can only talk about one thing because it's all they're doing all day. It's like when they became an adult, they now have the freedom to have one interest. <laughs> That's me. That's what I've turned into. 
you're as wide as a puddle, but deep as an ocean. <laughs> yeah, it's like, boy, if you're into this stuff, I'm all the way down there. <laughs> Come help me. <laughs> I can't talk about anything else. Pull me out of here. Well, that and the adjacent puddle, which is Devil May Cry, but there, there, I mentioned that this this episode. Funny yeah. you mentioned that because there was no avoiding it this week. We'll get to that with Fire Force, but um. <laughs> anyway, oh my gosh, even the white hair, I uh, know. dude. The the outro is it's just Devil May Cry. The outro let's, let's is just, go just ahead Devil talk May about Cry. Fire Force. Let's go. Let's go ahead. Okay, and talk okay. About Fire We're done with my hero because my hero isn't giving us anything anything. to talk about oh oh but yeah the the social media thing like season one i heard about it that way season two man it was blowing up i couldn't i couldn't avoid it like my friends from like high school that i didn't even know watched anime were posting like my hero stuff like you know and I'd, i'd see people wearing the shirts pretty regularly but you know in any hiatus between seasons you see that kind of die down a little bit it's not come back. That's for certain. I mean, season three ended on such a high note, like United States of Smash, and then we got the cool movie. Like, yeah, um, and and the the amazing Bakugo uh, development. Yeah, and like, that fight between like, him and Deku. I like the second fighting game gives them those costumes, like just the normal clothes that they fought each other in. And I'm just like, I want to buy this game just to recreate that scene. <clears throat> That's but awesome. Like, I didn't know that. Yeah, but it, it's just, it's all fizzled out now. Yeah. So on that note, we're going to move on to uh, Fire Force. Yeah. And them talking about the Idola Link. Yeah, so it's almost like a spidey sense. <laughs> yeah, I was, we were talking about that in a pretty early episode. We were like, does he have a spidey sense? And I guess we have a name for it now. Which, yep, what link. what is he linked to? Is he possibly linked to other people within an Edola Burst? Like, maybe is it that um, Dr. Giovanni has an, an Edola Burst and that's why he knows what he intends to do? Because that would be kind of like a JoJo situation where... Um, Stand users are the only ones that can fight stand users, because... Oh, because they can't... Aren't they the only ones who can see stands? Yes, and they're... Yeah, okay. They they do this brilliant thing, and I say brilliant because it's just, like, just go with it. This is gonna be... This is gonna make writing way easier, is stand users are drawn to one another. So... If you run into, if it seems like, man, there's sure a lot of freaking stand users in this small town in Egypt, it's because stand users are are drawn to each other by fate or whatever. But hmm. <clears throat> I mean, I I need to just sit down and watch JoJo. I need to just do it. Yeah, I mean, I tell that to everyone, but it's become such a meme that I'm like, I'm self conscious. <laughs> <laughs> it's like JoJo anime fans are just like, you should watch JoJo. You should really watch it. It's really good. Like, we're the anime equivalent of uh, Game of Thrones fans before it turned out the people at the helm should not have been there. Is it Bell? Is, is JoJo? Um, sometimes. Sometimes. Uh, I don't think Araki is particularly concerned with um, inspiring. Hmm. Or, like, uh, uh, he's not concerned with, like, uplifting you. He's concerned with uh, telling stories that have a lot of twists and turns and 
and mystery and like menace about them. Like he, he, I think he would be a really good horror writer, but he also wants to draw cool outfits and make cool, you know, over the top action stuff too. So this is burly, funky men. Yes. (laughs) This is kind of where he's landed. Um, and, and he really, really likes uh american classic rock like those i think those are his his references which is why everyone oh, i in, wonder why huh oh well, I, mean, I, 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 I wonder yeah <laughs> no no sorry. well that yes but like uh I, I i meant to say i didn't notice but sarcastically because you know yeah. all of the characters names yeah also the fact that the anime has gone out of its way to like get licensed american tracks to for the credit songs. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, what... I mean, from the get go, they played roundabout. Yeah. It started with roundabout. And then, um, my favorite one, I mean, well, walk like an Egyptian was great. Like it was great to have walk like an Egyptian at the end of your anime. Oh, I didn't even know that that was. Yeah. That's one of them. That's and awesome. then, um, <clears throat> my favorite though was, I think, Oh no, that I forget the name. I think it's like the last train home. Oh man, it's so good. And so you know Last Train Home is a Oh, did I see this? It was like it's like a documentary. Anyway, um that's not what the song is called. I think it was the ending for part two of Stardust Crusaders, which was part three. Ah man, I'm not making this easy on anyone. <clears throat> no, I am I'm already lost. <laughs> but uh it's one of those things where it's like, oh, this is a nice little kind of, you know, melancholic, somber credit song. And then by the end of the show, it's like, oh, no, I get it. I get what it's in reference to. And you're kind of sad, but you're also kind of happy because you enjoyed the journey. I gotta watch it. Yeah. But anyway, the Adola link, is that just what it is? Where it's kind of like, well, this is convenient. We can make things happen with this. This is a good plot device. Yeah, I, I I would I would presume so. I mean, like the shaky legs, and then <laughs> yeah, you, you got some shaky legs there, fam. But the uh, what is so, it, Lassie? What is it, Shinra? Is the kid trapped in the well? What is it with these uh, the plague doctor masks? This this uh, this oh, season of anime. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, Doctor Giovanni and Overhaul both have yeah. plague doctor masks. Well, I think that's just like a cool look, and it's a good yeah. look for a villain. Yeah, because man, they those, look spooky. Yeah, they're real spooky boys. <laughs> um, but did you? I'm sorry, this is an aside, but did you notice what the girl with the arrow irises is, or arrow pupils? Did you see what her name was? No. Arrow. Ah. <laughs> Her name is Arrow. Is it it's spelled the... like? Is it spelled like Arrow? Yes, A R R O. It's the worst it's ever been. Hopefully, it's the worst it'll get. I was, I was freaking astonished. So, uh, yeah, oh, that's man. that's the that's the quality that's we're dealing with on that character. I love it. 
<laughs> anyway, uh, um, so we got that new intro too. Yeah, which I I really like. It's not as good as the first one for me though. Yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> I was watching and I was like, I really like this. And this, like, it's better than most that I've seen. But the first one was so good that I'm like, ah, well, I, I guess it's still second best. Yeah, and now I know we have a chance, have an excuse to listen to it again. I mean, both of them. I really like that song. Also, it's in English. Yeah, like, and that that yeah. was that was an English speaker who was singing that. That wasn't yeah, like a, a, I didn't detect any English. Yeah, that wasn't a kill a kill situation where it's like, trust us, guys, these are English speakers, and it's like. Mm. I think they could doubt on paper. They technically speak English, but they, this is not, this is far from their first language. They, they hit every branch on the way down the language hill. (laughs) Caught every bit of that accent. The, um, the thing that I noticed about this episode though, was the world building. Oh yeah. Things feel much bigger. All of a sudden I was so glad to be out of, uh, uh, that village that I already forgot the name out of the um, company Seventh uh, Be- Village. Yeah, Benny Maru's village that he he defended. I'm so glad we're out of there because man, I was tired of it. Everything feels nice and big, and I like how we see them in their civvies. So it's mm-hmm. like, oh yes, there are things outside of just being at the fire force all day. <clears throat> yeah, I didn't get near as I, I didn't get sick of uh, sick of that town like you did, uh, but it is nice. We also like, but isn't this great? Isn't this great to see new places? Oh yeah, 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 one hundred percent. I was, I was about to say like it's, it's, it definitely does feel bigger like with the the different place. But then they also gave us like a little bit more context as to that big fire and also the the fact that it wiped out like a ton of animals. Yeah, Um, the day of the cataclysm. Yeah, I don't think that we knew about the animals up to this point. Yeah. Uh, it was that's kind of like one of the things that you just aren't really going to think about, I guess. Yeah. Unless it's really, explicitly told. But it was really interesting because, like, the moment they they mentioned it, you're like, "Oh yeah, I guess that that would make sense." It's like I haven't seen yeah. too many of those things. It makes me worry about all the animal life in Promare. Oh yeah, you didn't think about that either. <laughs> Wait, there wasn't any. I don't think we saw any. Someone had a sidekick. No, we, we saw we saw birds. Yes, yeah. and, and someone had like a little sidekick that was with them. Also, I mean, they were still eating meat, so there must have been some animals somewhere. Yeah, um, farms. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we have the one farm. <laughs> Supplies the world. Oh, uh, it, also, it was the intro and the outro that were making me thinking. Show is just Virgil. He's just Virgil. He even has a katana. He's got like a similar disposition too. Uh, also, Virgil's been coming up quite a bit lately. Uh, probably because I don't stop playing Devil May Cry. But also, no. there, there's a you know this Power Rangers fighting game. Have you heard about this? No, I have not. It's really janky. It was uh, adapted from uh, a mobile game previously. They like decided, well, what if we made it a playable video game that people would enjoy? So they put it on consoles. And um, they recently added the Power Ranger that Dan Southworth, who's the, the voice for Virgil, like originally came out onto the scene on. I think it's Eric Myers. 
Suddenly, okay. Eric Myers has a bunch of Virgil lines. Where he's talking so about some, somebody power. else has been playing a bunch of DMC. Yes. <laughs> Dan <laughs> Southworth in particular is very happy that other people are playing DMC because that's like that's his thing now. Virgil is you. But um he started so saying did, things did, like foolishness and uh talking about power. So I was like, "Oh my god, you can just when when you have that much of a uh um well, I mean it's like it, it's like a Chris Sabat when he just wants to be Vegeta for things. <laughs> like, when a voice actor or just any actor can just have that in their pocket and just decide, I'm going to become this character for now. Mm-hmm. I don't know, that's really cool. And I think it should be abused constantly. <laughs> Whenever you can. Just just throw that out there. Yeah. Does, but, uh, did, did the guy who voiced Virgil, did he voice him in that DMC remake? No. He did not. You could tell because he was significantly less charismatic and likable. As were most of the characters in that game. Yeah. <laughs> um there's a man, there's a lot there in, in a any voice performance. Like this this was coming up a lot. Uh like I think sometime last year, a little while ago, maybe just earlier this year, but I was noticing that people were kind of getting the feeling that uh, voice actors are just about as irreplaceable as live action actors. Like if someone Mm -hmm. has really like done well and people associate a character with an actor, I think you should do your best to like, I mean, this might be writing, you know, actors a blank check and you, you don't, you never want to give people a blank check, but you should try to, do all you can to get them in like to stay in that role. If you're going to continue with it, because as soon as it's just someone different and, and people are noticing when it's a different voice. Yeah. Like, and even if they don't want to, people will start subconsciously checking out. Exactly. Like things will feel off. So yeah, cause whenever I hear a change in voice actor, it's almost like, uh, my, my brain goes, Oh, well this, this almost just doesn't, feel like an actual continuation of the story. It's almost like a what if. Yeah, it feels fake. And um, as much as I didn't want this to happen, as soon as they changed the lead voice actor for Leonardo in the 2012 remake of TMNT, the the series. The CGI one? Yeah. Which I was really enjoying. Mm -hmm. It's not like the show dropped in quality, but they changed the voice for Leonardo to uh, Seth Green, and I like Seth Green, and he was doing a good job, but I lost interest. It, it just felt like, oh, this isn't real now. Yeah. And it sucked. I, I never got too much into that TMNT series. Yeah. Uh, but I, re- I remember really liking it. I yeah. want to see the new one, but the new one looks really weird. It looks weird, but I like that it looks weird. It kind of reminds me of Gendy's style a little bit, but way more, like, flashy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, very, very bright colors. Yeah, someone did say something that made me like, oh. <laughs> They're like, it's Fortnite TMNT. Oh. Like, everyone's got glowing weapons and, like, cosmetics on. Like, they're all wearing extra little clothing bits, and I'm like, oh my god, I can't believe... They bought the loot boxes. (laughs) It's like, I can't believe it's penetrated the zeitgeist that much, where you can just start seeing Fortnite and other things. Yeah. 
Yeah. I just, <laughs> there was a picture that one of my coworkers sent to me, and you see Raph, and Raph is just like a gigantic hulking brute. Oh, he's then a monster. At, then you look at Leo, and Leo's got some <laughs> hips. <laughs> <laughs> Well, they they did something uh, that I think is kind of interesting. Like, there's there's stuff that's interesting about the new one. I haven't watched it yet. In fact, I'm not even sure if it's out. I kept seeing things about, like, I've really? seen the marketing for it everywhere. But if it's out, I haven't heard anything about it. Maybe it sucks. But one of the interesting things they did is that they made them not biological brothers. Whereas, like, you know, originally, of course, they're not the biological sons of Splinter. <laughs> But originally, they were like all from the same litter of turtles. Yeah, they are all different species of turtle now. So like, uh, oh. Raph is a is a snapper. Um, okay, and I don't remember any of the others because I don't know turtle breeds. But I would they, assume that Raph is a fox. Yes, so Raph, Raph is a big, big, angry square. <laughs> and like snappers are the only turtles I'm like really familiar with because you see one and it's like oh all right keep your distance he looks mean so I thought that was kind of smart yeah but um and it, it helps to differentiate them which I don't care what people like fans of the original comics say they are hard to differentiate yeah so I, I think it's it's good to uh you know have some character design in there but anyway. We got way off track. Yeah, how do we get on the team? Anyway. I did it. I did it. I, 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 I Absolutely. <laughs> I jerked the wheel. But I, I was just going to say, like, I like this. Like, suddenly, I there was energy. Like, there was, uh, like, a spring back in the step of the show when this episode started. I liked the yeah. last episode, and I liked the previous ones. But I like when we're moving. I like when we're, it feels like, you know, we're, we're on a new place. We're getting new people. feels like we're moving forward. Kind of yeah. felt like we were just hanging out in the, the previous little, little adventure. Yeah. I, like I said, I, like I said last week, I think it was last week. Uh, I do think that the, um, the hiatuses and things like that, I, those definitely added to the frustration. Oh, and they always of, like, do. Like how long it was taking. Yeah, because like it just feels like we're there for more episodes because episodes should have been in the place of the hiatus. Yeah, so our brain that's is why like, you should. Oh, yeah. you, it's why you should avoid those as best you can. Like, yeah, uh, put them in between arcs. Yeah, <clears throat> or you know, in between seasons. If yeah. you have to do twelve episode seasons, do it, fam. Do do the twelve episodes, and then you know, take a few months off, come back. Oh man, we're gonna talk about twelve episodes here in a little bit. Oh, we are? Oh, yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. Oh, it's oh, actually yeah. 13. I forgot. It's 13. Wait, what? Megalobox is 13 episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I are forgot we, about that. Are we going to watch the last four this go-round, then? Um, I don't know if we should. Maybe we should uh, split it. We'll do two and two, because I think those last two, we're going to talk a lot. Ooh, okay. Um, but, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I guess I'll see. If it seems like it cuts in an inopportune place, then mm-hmm. then maybe. Because I know what's happening. So I'll, I'll be able to make an informed decision. Okay. Um, Sounds good. We'll call an audible on that one. Yeah, we'll call an audible. We'll, we'll be like... Okay, we'll, we'll definitely watch through episode 11. Absolutely. Yeah. And if you're if you're listening along with us, 
Might as well just finish it. I don't know. Maybe we should just finish it. Maybe it should just be like next week. We'll just talk a lot about Megalobox. Just gonna it's a lot, a lot, some time for it. Yes. But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Fire Force just felt like it came back to life with this episode, and yeah. um, I like this new character. I like Vulcan. Mm-hmm. He's really likable. Like I like his design. I like his voice. I like his like his attitude, and I like that he has a goal that felt different. Like yeah. Shinra, you know, wants to be a hero. Arthur wants to be a knight. All of a sudden, it's like, whoa! This guy has an actual goal. Like that was palatable yeah. when he laid it out. Like a, like a tangible, like no, yeah, this he, is this is where I want to be. Yes, th- there's like y- you can you can uh, it, it's quali- it's qu- not quantifiable, qualifiable, quantifiable. Yeah, um, you know when he's actually like achieved it, he'll know. In whether you know whether or not he has what it takes right now, it's like well, this is the thing I'm going for. Yeah, that's it's Whereas, way more like, satisfying. Being being a hero is like that's kind of like a gradient. Yeah, and also it's kind of a job. I mean, you don't really stop doing that. Yeah, same thing with the knight. Yeah, uh, but I did like Sheenra's T-shirt that just says "hero" on it. <laughs> like he's that dedicated. <laughs> What was, uh, the, yeah. what was the kid's the, the apprentice's name with the, the bandage on his forehead? Which I thought was a funny touch. Yeah, I, like he's just been getting hit with cans. As soon as they <laughs> showed that, like as soon as he came on camera, I, I, I like laughed. I, I immediately got it. This good character design. Good comedic timing on that. Uh, I, I, I liked the, the little thing or like the way Vulcan was engineering things is he's like drumming on them. And once he's done, he kicks it across the room. Yeah. But he's got a good philosophy behind it. Yeah. It's like a machine that breaks from one kick is defective. As far as I'm concerned, God, what a good character. What a good likable character we got. He's like immediately. I, I just immediately want him on the team. Like I, yeah. I'm totally in on this this plan to get him on our side. And I like yeah, how he's I totally like know he's going to be. I know he's going to be. Because yeah, because the, the intro. intro. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of the shame when it comes to these things. Did we yeah. talk about this on here? But the fact that Mission Impossible has anime intros. It, it, it totally does. Yeah, like you see the whole movie in an intro, just in quick yeah. little vignettes. Uh, did Fallout do it? I think. I thought the Fallout flashed to uh, the previous movies. Oh, oh yeah. Well, Fallout flashed to the previous movies and does the current movie, like at the very end. Yeah, that was weird. I was almost like, are they saying that this is the last one? Which there's no way. Dude, Fallout was so good. Fallout was the Fury Road moment of Mission Impossible. It was like, holy crap, is this one the best one? How did you do that? As much as I've come to, like, detest and immediately, like, lose interest in sequels, because it's all that happens, the Mission Impossible movies and the Fast and Furious movies have me every single time. I, I, I mean, need to get caught up on the Fast and Furious movies. Yeah. There's, some to, there's something to be said for just consistently improving your execution of the same basic idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think... It can be a lot more interesting if you do it as like an anthology 
but when you're when you're doing it right by just doing sequels like with Mission Impossible and Fast and Furious it has that kind of series feel to it where everyone keeps changing and growing and you know things are things are moving around you know you're you're more firmly establishing this group of people as like believable friends yeah relationships change yeah and i was for whatever reason I just remembered this yesterday, but one of my favorite like bits of friendship development is in the first lethal weapon where they organically like grow into an inside joke. And it's like an inside joke that always happens at important plot points. Have you seen lethal weapon? I have not, man, you should. That was back when, um, Shane black could make movies. But, fairly certain that they're they're on Hulu. So go go for it. Yeah. But th- there's there's this thing, like they don't like each other in the beginning because this is a good story, and um, <laughs> eventually <laughs> they they start when like the job, you know you know uh, pulls them back on track. You know they're getting kind of out in the woods arguing about something petty, and something important in the plot. You know the the case they're trying to solve kind of yanks them back on track. They have this this little thing that they're they're going back and forth with where they say thin. Yeah, that's thin. Like, you know, it's like that's not enough evidence to, you know, say that this is legit. But then it becomes okay. an inside joke because it's like, oh, this is obvious. Like we we both know this is right. And they just look at each other and they're like, thin, yeah, thin. <laughs> and it's like, I don't know. I like it so much because it's not what I see a lot these days is you get two characters introduced as friends and then you just get them talking about the things that they've done in the past or like, you know, uh, they're just rattling off old stories or something. Yeah. Like, man, it's just, it's just exposition and it's useless. Like I want to see the new inside joke happen over the course, course of the story. I don't, I don't want to hear about Anakin saving Obi-Wan from whatever that stupid, awful cringe scene was. I can't even remember it. But it's like, that's not how you do it. There, uh, I, do, uh, do Arthur and um, Shinra have an inside joke? Not quite, but um, I definitely get that similar feeling from them, where it feels organic. Yeah. Like, especially how it's showing them figure out how to fight simultaneously. Like, oh, they're gradually getting better role. at that. Yeah. Cuz normally they're bumping into each other and getting pissed off. But yeah, I I I'm getting that feeling with them and I like how Arthur's still an idiot. I like how Arthur hasn't suddenly become intelligent because Sheena has to continue to work with that. And it means that Sheena is still friends with him despite the fact that he is obviously an idiot. <laughs> He's such a lovable idiot. Yeah. And also just hateable. But in, it, with part of what makes him lovable is that he's extremely competent despite it. And it's really fun <laughs> to watch him work. <laughs> oh, I'm right-handed. <laughs> you freaking moron. That was so dumb, but it worked. And it's because Arthur's dumb. <laughs> yeah, that was fantastic. That was, it's kind of like... Uh, 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 what is it? Yeah, Taskmaster can't fight Deadpool because not even Deadpool knows what his next move is. <laughs> yes. 
Like, <laughs> I love that crap. I, I love the idiot who somehow has an advantage because he's just he's just this this stupid. Yeah. But yeah, um, I don't. It, okay, so not a lot as far as like plot and events happens in this episode. But I was enjoying it so much. Like I, I wrote down so many notes just because I like this character and I like it when we keep going new places. Yeah. I like it when it when you know things are built out and we we see new things. And this location is really cool. This junkyard. Yeah. Like all, all the color and the designs and machines yeah, that very, he's making. Even though it's like junky, it, it was very pretty. Yeah. Like it, like it was very colorful. It was a, um, it was a Fortnite junkyard. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, I also I like the part where Iris just starts starts pushing all the buttons. I was like, oh my god, <laughs> like, Iris is Dee Dee from Dexter's Lab. <laughs> no, don't push that. Pushes it immediately. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Also, but, that cat that Arthur finds that's just constantly peeing. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, that was like a it was a robot, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a robot yeah. cat that's just constantly peeing, like never ran out. Um, yeah, because that scene keeps going, and Arthur's just holding it, and it's still going. He's like, "What do I do with this?" <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. The, the what, what's his face? Victor Victor leaked or leet Victor leet. Yep. So yeah, he's like, what what company was he from? He's he, or he's from Hygema Industries or something. I think he's from Hygema. Yeah. Uh, but so he's he the he's like, the brother of Joker, right? Are were they brothers? I don't. I didn't remember that. I don't remember. I, maybe maybe I just misremembered that part. But they were definitely but, working together. But I, I love how it's just, to us, it's just so obvious that he's just, there's something up with him. And I think that, what, well, what was his name? Uh, Princess Ibana caught that. Uh, yeah, and so did Gun Guy. Uh, what's Gun Guy's name? Oh, shoot, I can't remember. I totally knew Starts it. Starts with an H. Before Starts the hiatus. Starts with an H. Um, doesn't it start with an H? Um, yes, it does but I don't know what it is. <laughs> anyway, when he was like, uh, the salute is supposed to be with your other hand. Yeah. <clears throat> also, Princess Ibana just being like, something's up. I don't like him. He's up to yeah. something. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm yeah. assuming that's going to go somewhere very unfortunate very soon because, you know, he's right there with him now. Yeah, but I... I I don't know if he's a bad guy. He might just be like a like a bad guy, a guy who's doing bad things to get to a good goal. Because, like, I mean, that's the way Joker. Was. That's 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 still a villain. It's still a villain, but so a bad guy. He he may end up being helpful. What? He may end up being helpful. Sure. Yeah. Like if they could keep him in check, they yeah. could use him. But him operating towards his own goals probably not a good thing. Probably with, need to yeah, uh, put, put, put the kibash on that. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I liked uh, the line where, where they're trying to convince Vulcan to join, where Sheena's like, 
Company 8 isn't like the other companies. And I was like, Company 8 isn't like the other girls. <laughs> We're different. <laughs> oh, it just makes me think of Isekai. Oh, God. Why? Why did it do that? Because that, that, that joke, the, the whenever somebody's trying to sell you on an Isekai, they're oh. like, oh, it's not like other Isekai. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh... <laughs> Sorry to bring that frustration to you. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't remember what it was. I, th- I think the other day, or so, this last week, I was like browsing for other anime, and there's so much freaking isekai. And I it's, know, dude. It's all bad. But the problem is, is that, like, where I was looking, it doesn't classify it as its own genre, but it's just, it's in every genre. <laughs> Yeah, I I found a website that that identified isekai and I was able to remove it from the results. Um, and when I did that, the true horror of this situation came into focus because it was just like, oh my god, almost every show disappeared when I did that. Uh, oh no! It was just worst was case calling. scenario. <laughs> yeah, it was like just. I realized how small I was. <laughs> I became face to face with my own mortality. But oh, uh, yeah, gosh. anyway, some the, there was a, a real problem I had with this episode and the way it ended, and it was you know it had to do with the whole Edola Link thing. But mm-hmm. them just now knowing that Doctor Giovanni is going to kill Vulcan, and I can understand why it's happening, but it just seems convenient. Where it's like, we need to convince Vulcan. Oh, we didn't convince him. Well, now we're definitely going to have a situation where he sa- we save his life. Or because his life is in danger, he now has to join us. And I don't know. That just feels, it seems a little too easy. Yeah, I think, I think you're I wanted right. I them think to have a little bit easy. But at the same time, like, do we want to spend a whole bunch of episodes at this junkyard? <laughs> No, I, I just wanted them to be able to organically convince him to join without there being some kind of, um, you know, here's here's an obvious party. villain that we are different from who's trying to kill you right now and we are going to save you. I don't know. It just seems too easy. Which, is, I mean, I guess that's nitpicky. Yeah, uh, I, don't, I just can't think of another way around it unless if the writers really showed their stuff. I mean, there's always a way around it. Well, yeah, but... And I'm not responsible to come up with it. <laughs> you know, me, me being an armchair critic. It's like, I don't know, it sucks. I don't know how to fix it. But it sucks. It. That kind of, I mean, that's necessary. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> I don't know, I could probably come up with something. Or at least... Just... just So he's not in immediate danger. Even more interesting would be Dr. Giovanni comes up with an offer that he can't refuse, and his principles are really tested. And then Company yeah. 8, like, really doesn't have anything, you know, doesn't have a way to, like, make that happen or something. I don't know. There, I feel like it could be done better, but now I think it's unfortunate that I already know how it's going to happen. Yeah. Like, it, it's the difference between, like, the villains that, are are go are doing everything right to keep people on their side, but and like you know the villain who kills their own men just to show off how evil they are. Where it's like, why would anyone continue to fight for you? Oh man, that is 
my biggest pet peeve. It it's like this would never happen. <laughs> like if you no. were if you were in stealth, like trying to silence someone who's a problem, and maybe making an example of them, you know, in, in like politically, or it's like this guy talked out of turn, you know, watch it. But the ones yeah. that just you know find one to kill for the sake of showing off just how evil they are. It's so oh, freaking man. stupid. But the one that I always think of, you remember that movie, um, District Thirteen? Yeah, yeah. And Not District Nine. Point, this is the parkour movie. <laughs> yeah, but there was one point, like near the end, where the main villain just like looks at one of his guys and shoots him straight through the face, and it's just like, yeah, it's like this guy wouldn't be in a leadership position. Are you mental? Yeah. <laughs> like, how do you think these things work? No one would be on his side. Everyone would turn on him. It would be like in yeah. Halo, where, like, if Master Chief, if you make him start killing the other Marines, the Marines just go all out on you, and they oh, don't yeah. stop until you're dead. So, like, oh, they don't care Good that times. it's the Master Chief. <laughs> While other kids were playing GTA, I was, I was shooting the Marines in Halo 2. Yeah. Yeah, you were... Way kinder, weren't you? <laughs> That's almost worse. Like, killing your own men who are supposed to trust you is almost worse than just, like, randomly killing off civilians. Oh, man. Video games are fun. They are fun. Anyway, I wonder if there's ever going to be a Fire Force video game. This is doing well. Uh, in particular, the manga is extremely popular in Japan. Like... Ooh. Uh, Fire Force is, you know, it, it's getting to, uh, it's getting to be on front covers of things now. Yeah, we'll at least get. I, I would presume we would at least get a Japanese game that would not be localized here that we'd be able to to get our hands on. Oh yeah, and, dude, my favorite thing about like region locking is just a thing of the past. Is now I can just import Japanese games and play them. And yeah. the especially cool thing about the Nintendo Switch, not a lot of people know this. The Nintendo Switch, if there is an American localized version, like if there was a digital version, and you uh import like a, a European or a Japanese copy, like physical copy, if it was only there, like okay, for example, uh Blaze Blue Central Fiction, not made physical in America for the switch i imported it from europe the pal version put it in the switch it's just the american version because i have an american profile oh and um that's what happens with lethal league blaze too which i'm also going to get from japan put it in there it's the english version because you put it in your your american uh profile so cool i'm so glad like, why why like, is there why is there any other option like, huh? Why isn't that the Why isn't that the standard? It is the standard now. The Xbox and PS4, like, and uh, PS5 and Project Scarlet are going to be region free. It's the standard now. It's just it's amazing how long it took. Like, yeah, the PS3 was like that. Oh, oh, oh! You're saying where it automatically switches it to your yeah, region? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, 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 that should be standard. Absolutely. Because um, when we played the uh, the Anarchy Reigns beta, the Japanese beta, do you remember oh, that? Oh, man, I do. Yeah, man, I, I remember when I was like, I remember when I knew things. <laughs> when oh, I was right God. at the front lines. Ah, that was, was good times. Anyway, um, <laughs> back to, to Fire Force. 
I don't know. I felt like this one was a this was a shot in the arm. This made me a lot more uh, excited for stuff going forward. You know, new intro, new outro, things are really happening. Here's a new character, and he's cool immediately. Like, he didn't even have to grow yeah. on me. Yeah. Like, I, I can already, like, I'm already excited to see him bounce off of Obi. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm very excited for this new arc. And uh, Company 3 looks like they're going to be fun to I tackle. Like how- yeah, and I like how they're just immediately evil, obviously, because they're evil. Their uh, their leader is just over the top evil. Yeah, like who who as a hero is going to walk around in a plague mask? A plague doctor mask. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of want that guy now. I want the heroic <laughs> plague doctor mask guy <laughs> who uses like necromancy to save the day. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I fr- I love Ghost Rider. You know, we got the flaming skull guy. That's the hero. Did you see? Okay, this is off topic. Did you see the YouTube stream that went up on on the official Marvel YouTube on Halloween? No, I didn't. It was just called Vroom in all lowercase. And it was a skeleton with a flaming head, like really cheap CGI, just doing little like dance cycles to spooky music. And it was just a stream that kept going. And it was like, oh my God, (laughs) Ghost Rider just stripped naked and is wilding out. <laughs> I was like, that was, that's amazing. It's good, good job, Marvel. There's, there's those shut up brand moments, but that one, that was all right. <laughs> I didn't mind. I love me a good Skelly boy. Yeah, uh, you know, there was a surprising lack of Halloween spirit this year around. Really? Oh man, yeah, totally different was, for me. It was sad. That's genuinely upsetting because mine was fantastic. Also, I love how I love every year that um we can have this debate where people are like let's we should move halloween to a a friday night or a saturday night we don't want to do it on a school night and i'm like oh okay well if you want to have weak children that's all up to you but i like the idea that halloween is a vehicle for teaching life lessons and growing culture because it's like it may be hard out there it may be freezing cold rain pouring down your makeup is running you're because you look like a, a skeleton man but you're gonna, you're gonna go to your neighbor's house you're gonna ring that doorbell and you're gonna get free candy because it isn't free you're earning it now you gotta get the costume. You gotta say the thing. You like rain or shine, and and I was thinking, well, for the people who do want to move it, and here's the thing: if you try to move, you know, the Halloween celebration to to whatever it is, like the last Saturday of October, which God, man, I just the, the whole idea just screams pansy weakling. But like, <laughs> if you want to do that, I'm like, okay, cool. I'll do two Halloweens. I'll be giving out candy on both days because you know who I want to support? The people brave enough to be double dippers. The ones who are going out on both nights. It's like, yeah, I want to give them a double helping. Also, that just means more Halloween for me because I know that other people are still going to do Halloween on the real Halloween day because I know I can't be the only lunatic around here. Surely not, right? I'm not the only one. <laughs> Dude, that's, I, that's always... To have a Halloween and a Halloween the sequel would be amazing. Halloween and Halloween two in one year. <laughs> <laughs> Hall- the super the super spooky Halloween. 
Yeah, dude, Halloween for the normies and Halloween for the strong. I wouldn't yeah. be against that. I mean, um, people may not know this, <laughs> but I am unironically all for gatekeeping, the good kind of gatekeeping. <laughs> like, gatekeeping has been turned into this this overall negative term. There's bad oh. gatekeeping. There's very unproductive, useless gatekeeping. Like, especially in like the music scene. At least the one that oh. I've seen. Like, I, I was a huge metal fan for a long time. I, st- I still kind of am. But um, in, like, that that community, the metal music community, there's a bunch of just stupid, lame, like, nerdy gatekeeping where it's like, they aren't doing the thing that I like, so they aren't metal. It's it's really stupid. And as a result, metal uh, is falling in popularity, and there's not a lot of new acts to go around because um, people don't want to do it. They're uh, they're uh, discouraged from doing so. Yeah, Which, uh, because, by the way, because every... of the community. Exactly, and just here's the thing: anyone who wants to listen to uh, a new kind of metalcore, which is barely metalcore that you haven't heard before, go listen to uh, "Beautiful Oblivion" by Issues. That album is incredible, and they're from Atlanta, so uh, heh, kind of representing representing the Ooh. boys back home. Ooh. But um. Uh, uh, but but yeah, uh, the whole like, there is a such thing as as positive gatekeeping, and it's just having standards for the kind of thing that you like. And I mean, this is yeah. I mean, we're kind of gatekeeping with this podcast. Exactly. That was what I was gonna I was gonna get at. It's like there's, <laughs> beat you to it. Yeah. <laughs> well, there, there's things I like, and there's things I don't like, and me just saying I don't like this, and this is why. That's not inherently unproductive. I mean, if it was, I was trying to push something down because I don't know, uh, I had like a sponsorship involved or something, or, you know, um, my opinion was being swayed by an employer or some, some kind or, of incentive. Or a that country was, like China, like China, stand with, stand <laughs> like, with Hong Kong. that commie scum, you know, <laughs> like the, the, uh, like blizzard, all this oh, stuff yeah. going on with them. Did you, it's like, did you see their apology, not apology? Yeah, it wasn't an apology. Made... He doesn't bring up Blitzchung, China, or Hong Kong at any point. He's apologizing about maybe something he did a little while ago, but I don't know <laughs> what he was apologizing for. Also, uh, I love how clearly Diablo 4 and Overwatch 2 have been so rushed. They look like derivative swill. Oh, I didn't even stick around for that. I, I, I actually, like, noped out of the uh, the the apology when I realized that he wasn't really apologizing oh, yeah, for yeah. anything. It was I'll, just like, it was I like just, double speak. Yeah. I, I love how blizzard is just a joke and the people who still are, are wanting to like buy blizzard products. First of all, they haven't made a decent game since they spent years trying to fix Diablo three, which was an indefensible garbage heap when it first came out. That was the last time they made anything decent. And I hold by that. Like, Overwatch is as deep as a puddle. It's just a factory for people to get assets for Pornhub videos. Like, that's that's <laughs> all it is. And then, like, uh, um, well, WoW is an old game. And the best thing they did for WoW was let people play the old game that they liked. People don't want to play the new game. Yeah. And then, wow. uh, what else do they do? I mean, StarCraft 2 was a long time ago. StarCraft 2 was okay. But not as good as StarCraft 1. I don't think I'm in the minority opinion there. If I am, I don't care. Like, I'm still right. I don't even, 
I don't even like. I haven't played any of their games. They used to consistently make fantastic games. They were like Nintendo consistent for a long time. They they were Nintendo with a blue logo. But uh, yeah, that was a long time ago. It wasn't just this Hong Kong thing that was like, oh my god, Blizzard's bad. It's like they're unethical now. We know. I mean, we kind of already knew that. It was just now it was obvious. Yeah. Um, but. Worse than unethical, they sucked at making video games, which is the one thing they're <laughs> supposed to be good at. <laughs> like, if we're, if we're going full-on unfettered, like, we're going outside of ethics, just look at the product. Their games suck now, and they've sucked for a long time, and it's because they're just Activision. Activision by another name. So, gatekeeping is necessary in being like, no, this is bad, and... You know, it maybe it used to be good, but this is why it's bad, and we should stop like buying these games and playing stop them. We should go, yeah. yeah, we should go find a new stuff. So my, I think my greatest enemy is is brand loyalty because uh-huh. like I see it as a constant real problem. People just buying into things because this company made it, and I'm like, did it make it? Also, do do you know those people? That could have been an accident. It's often an accident. Yeah, I mean, it kind of goes against belt, right? I mean, like, when you think about, like, uh, it's just complacency, because you're just, yeah. you're sticking with what you know, and even though it might be, uh, it might be uncomfortable. Thank uh, you. It, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I was, I think I thought about that the other day, but I, I didn't, I didn't spend the right amount of time on that thought. But yeah, it's, it's complacency. It's, I'm going to accept the the gradual mediocrity. yeah the the mediocrity the descent toward mediocrity or, or even you know just garbage which blizzard is definitely in garbage town now but i'm going to accept that because i don't want to try different companies i don't want to try something that maybe isn't the same thing and mm-hmm. you know path of exile is widely considered like you know the the good diablo but it's not the exact same thing as diablo and that's why some people are like well i i still need to play diablo 4 because it's the Diablo sequel. It's going to be the most like Diablo. And it's like, man, you're you're selling yourself short. Like, the, you got to go play the new things. Play something different. Because um, yeah. that's how you're going to find the good stuff. Especially these days. These days, like, yeah. the, the only good video games that really come out are, like, maybe something from Japan that had a budget. But everything in America... Is something made on a like a shoestring budget? That's where the good stuff is. Yeah, because uh, I need. I, I want to play uh, "Pray for the Gods," which is that spiritual successor to. Um, uh, oh, uh, Shadow of the Colossus. Shadow of the Colossus. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that looked pretty I cool. It, I want to give it a shot. Um, that was a shoestring budget. I like how everything got delayed. Like every video game just got delayed. Uh, yeah, we're getting so off topic. But yeah, man. Wow. <laughs> the, I don't know. Just I, I think it, it's important to note that you need to try different things. And, and I've, even though it's ironic that I'm like, you know, we're looking for a specific kind of thing here because, you know, that's the thing that we'll really get into. But mm-hmm. I mean, Dr. Stone, very different from what I would have expected. Yeah. And I feel like that's a good segue. Yeah. We're probably done with uh, Fire Force. Um, yeah, I, like I, don't, how I don't have anything else. The next episode is called We're Family. And I'm like, it's Ooh. it's just Devil May Cry. It's just Devil May Cry. Like, I can't escape it. 
No one escapes it. The only difference like, is that I feel like now, nobody can escape you. Yeah, no escape. Um, the only difference is that Virgil's the younger brother this time. Mm-hmm. It's the only actual functional difference. The, even oh, oh my god! Angles. Oh my god! Even the Jesus Christ! The mom even dies in a fire caused by a demon. Leave me alone. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we can go to Dr. Stone now. And uh, holy crap, I love this show's music so much. Yeah, man, wow. Dude, the scoring, like, okay, so the battle music... The way that starts when like they pull out the katanas and then the music that was going with them like forging the katanas was so hype like yeah I I oh my my, also, my favorite line of the week was you can count on a craftsman to learn quickly the craftsman who's like I don't quite understand all the details but I know enough like I know I know the gist I know what I'm making I know the reasoning yeah, and the, the like I don't get all that science crap. <laughs> yeah, but like he knows what he needs to know, and like he knows the craft better than Senku could. Like yeah, Senku couldn't make the katanas. <laughs> when Senku whispers into his ear, and like he like rips his clothes off by flexing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was like when he is excited, his body becomes thick. <laughs> Specifically, said. Thick. Yeah, I had forgotten about that. He is thick oh, with excitement. Man. God. Okay. Um. This is. So okay. Uh. Uh. The kingdom of. What are they called? There's the kingdom of science. What was Sukasa's mm-hmm. thing called? They don't really have a name, I guess. Uh, I think it's just Sukasa's kingdom. Yeah. Or Sukasa's empire. That's what it was. Yeah, something like that. But essentially, I think at one point. They like uh, spell it out. They say science versus strength, mm-hmm. which you know it's it's more science versus physical strength that they're going for. But um, the difference is that, and you know, I, I might be jumping the gun here, but the thing that Sukasa's empire is going to be good at is why they're going to lose, and why those those things always lose. Is because yeah. they're the thing that defines them is that they've limited themselves. Like yep. they've cut themselves off from a thing that would help them, and that is their one defining trait. Like they're just this like, well, we won't use technology, but everything else will be firing on all cylinders. And it's like, you're going to lose because you've limited yeah. yourself. Yeah, I mean, oh uh, wow. Uh Taking it back to uh, season one of My Hero, it's like when Todoroki was limiting himself. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, can yeah. You, I, even I, even if you win, can you find any pride in it? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's like you're just doing this for spite, essentially. And yeah, um, yeah man, the, the where Todoroki kind of gets over trying to spite his dad because all he was doing, like it was still, he was just living for the sake of his dad, even if it was just to spite him. He's like, yeah, you shift over to the productive thing, which is I'm doing this for me. Like, Uh I don't care that my dad is a scumbag who tried to make me a certain way. 
I'm not going to let that influence, you know, my, my, my better judgment. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's a big, important thing. That might be uh, something we could go more in depth on. Um, just kind of like, I guess, I, I guess limiting yourself is the best way I can think of to explain it right now. But yeah. it, it was, it, it's kind of the same thing with um, Kill a Kill, where Ryuko is, she's embarrassed at the thing that kind of symbolizes uh, her strongest form. It embarrasses yeah. her. And uh, God, <laughs> I love, I love how Trigger, not not just Trigger, but like you know when when they were Gynax, they almost try to go out of their way to give the dim people an easy out on saying, "Oh, this is just a dumb idiot show about robots or just about about chicks in scantily clad uniforms." It's almost mm-hmm. like they go out of their way to give you that out, just to you know. Yeah. To gatekeep a little. (laughs) Where it's like, well, the dumb people, we don't want them to be in here. So, uh, yeah, we'll just, we'll give them this, this easy, obvious, low hanging fruit target. And then everyone who's, who, who knows better gets to be here for like that, that delicious substance. Mm, The meat. Yeah. Like, like that moment where, where they, they. I guess verbalize it in Kill a Kill, where she's like, "This is what it's like to wear you," and he's like, "Yes, I am being worn by you now." Like it wasn't what was happening before. Like she had Sinkets on, but uh-huh. she wasn't wearing him, and Sinkets basically being like her. Uh, well, I guess you know broadly, kind of her potential. Yeah. The um, side of side of her that she's denying, that she's limiting herself to, or limiting herself from. Um, but to kind of like to shamelessly be exceptional, like like to uh, the, the, which is the thing that uh, um, God, what's her name? I'm blanking. What's her name? Um. Uh, uh... I don't want to spoil it. Well, I mean, we can just spoil Kill a Kill. That's like one of the main things for this show. Her sister. What's yeah. her name? Um, Lady Sasuke. Sasuke. Yeah. Why was that so hard to remember? The I, I figured out the only way I can remember is to think of Gamagori. And he says, Sasuke-sama. Like, that's the way that I remember. But uh, yeah, her, where she where she's like, just saying that she's just being foolish. She's like, I don't care what people see me as. This is the, this is my strongest form. This is how I will do my best. Why would I be ashamed of that? And yeah, that being a metaphor for feeling exposed, feeling like you're open to judgment. People are going to, you know, make assumptions about you. It's like, who cares? This is how you become your best. You own yourself. Yeah. So like, the thing where, you know, it could be seen like a lot of the things that the kingdom of science does in Dr. Stone is underhanded, you know, like kind of cheap little tricks. And I, I like this, the villain, uh, this new villain, Hyoga, how he talks about, you know, things should be proper. I'm like, okay, so this guy's likable and he's clearly exceptional. He's onto something that, that makes him uh, more effective 
you know, than the the grunts around him. But it's going to eventually limit him. Yeah. Like, you know, uh, uh, I love Codes of Honor. I freaking love that stuff. But he's, it seems like he's going to follow something to a fault. Sometimes like, this, you got to color outside the lines. Yeah. And, and it's like, this is, um, I guess it's not that the Code of Honor is the problem. It's the, the rigid adherence to it. That is the problem. You know, you have rules so that you can make exceptions when when it's necessary. Like uh, you, you right. can't have you can't have a one hundred percent adherence to the law if if you're going to you know have the best possible outcome. You know, yeah, it's you, not necessarily rules are meant to be broken, but rules are meant to be bent. Well, and also broken. I mean, the the reason rules exist is so you're not breaking them willy nilly. Like you yeah. have the rule. So that that you know that is that is lit- okay. I th- I think using rule in that context is the wrong way to do it, and it makes people get confused because a rule isn't exactly a rule the way we think of it. When we're saying rule, we kind of mean law. Hmm. But when you say laws are meant to be broken, people think you look a little crazy. Um, <laughs> but I don't care. I'm happy in that space. But um, <laughs> when you talk about Rules, it's like you're doing this because it's the best thing to do typically. Like, overall, this is the rule of this scenario. Right. But in certain circumstances, extreme circumstances, or, you know, just, uh, I guess, specific moments where it's like, okay, well, I didn't, unforeseen circumstances in particular. It's like, okay, well, it doesn't work this time. Can't apply it here. Yeah. Um, you know, and then events where it's like, if I follow this rule, I'm going to friggin' die. Oh, boy. All right. What's up? So, uh, two things. One, I'm freezing my tukas off. Two, okay. there's construction going on, like, right across from me, and I have a feeling it's about to get loud. So, we may have to barrel through the rest of this. Okay. I, I, I could hear it. Like, I could hear it loud, and I was like, oh, man, we finally did it. We finally did a podcast with construction right next door. It's it's a rite of passage. Everyone has to go through it. There's no way around it. Like every podcast I listen to eventually has construction in the background. It's like it's like the uh, the the beach or the uh, the spa episode. Yeah. Oh man, it's inevitable. But um, okay. So I I think we basically got the gist where it's like. There's, you know, there's codes of honor, and I think it's going to be Hyoga's downfall. Mm-hmm. Whereas Senku, he's not tied to that. Like, Senku is, I think, a a, a morally just person mm-hmm. quite consistently. Um, you know, he doesn't want to cause suffering. He wants what's best for everyone. He wants to save everyone. Right. So. He doesn't want to kill anybody. Right. In order to achieve those goals you got to break the rules of combat a little bit. You know, do a little subterfuge. Throw Gen a little a little sword to mess up the enemy's weapon before they go into the fight. It's like, who cares Get about Magma playing? to throw a rock and bluff. Yeah, yeah, bluffing. Oh, gosh. You know what? This felt like a Western. This episode feels like a Western. It totally... It, well, I mean, it felt like an old samurai movie. Okay, yeah. So, basically, it felt like a Western, because all of those are old samurai movies. Right. Yeah, okay. Oh, that's perfect. It's perfect. Yeah, yeah. Arming the populace, giving them the weapons necessary, and working on bluffs. Ooh, it's like the Seven Samurai all over again. 
good. I'm gonna have to go watch the movie now. I said its name. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so moving on, we can kind of get to Gen and how he's he feels like the most interesting character in the show right now. Uh-huh. I like how his position makes it to where. <clears throat> Uh, Senku and Tsukasa being aware that he is a, a deceiver actually puts him in the best possible scenario because they both know he could go either way and he wins either way. Like wh- whoever is, you know, the real victor, he's going to side with them. So they, right. they both have good reason to trust him because he's so untrustworthy. Like if they're yeah. confident in their <laughs> position, they're like, Gen's on my side because he knows I'm gonna win. And Gen isn't stupid; he's cowardly. Like he he's a douchebag, but he's he's yeah. like God. He's so smart. He's fun to watch. He's he's Starscream. He's just conniving. Well, Starscream, unfortunately, Starscream you know, is kind of always an idiot. just aligned with the Decepticons. Yeah. So, and Starscream is actually kind of a sad story in a, in a lot of them, where it's like he can't. Like he clearly has, you know, aspirations, but he's so quick to cower. But, um, yeah, yeah, I like how when like again reveals, you know, what, what he did, you know, he's been caught, but he's like, Oh, I guess you've already figured me out. And he's like doing, he's doing like a Jojo pose with like the hand over his face. (laughs) (laughs) (coughs) I was like, God, I love this dirt bag so much. Uh, uh, oh, man. the next episode is called To Modernity. And that's, I thought that kind of stuck out because you'd think the next episode is, you know, going to continue the fight and we're going to continue having conflict and stuff. So that's a weird name to give what is most likely going to, you know, be an episode about war. So um, I kind of don't know what to expect there. Hmm. It's going to be an interesting one, though. I mean, every episode of Okay, yeah, it's, so this is an interesting one. <laughs> every time. Also, I noticed, um, the, the, you know, I mean, they highlight this. This isn't something me noticing because, oh, yes, yes, I, I see things others don't. This is like on the nose. <laughs> the thing where like Hyoga is willing to sacrifice pawns in order to gain knowledge. Yeah. Uh, like we've talked about before, human sacrifice for you, but not for me. Um, yeah. Like that clearly shows him as a villain, but. That is such like widely accepted, you know, uh, um, military tactics. strategy. Like you know, yeah. the the tactics for winning conflict. You know, be able to sacrifice your pawns to save the queen. Right. But you know, it, there's a key difference. You you can actually have you can actually have that system in place, and it not be inherently evil. In that the pawns are fighting to save the queen. Like they're they're willing to sacrifice themselves to protect the queen, you know, the greater good, protect the nation state or whatever, you know, their way of life. Right. It's different but when the moment that they're yeah, willing. Yeah, it's different when they're unknowingly being sent to die, like by the leadership intentionally. That's when things, you know, that's when there's a clean break, and that's why that kind of thing is still very controversial. When you, yeah. Well, like if you heard that the American military had like a big incident like that, like that would be really controversial, you know, and it happens. It still happens, but 
Right. You know, the, the, the thing that is the good thing is we have the people on the ground who believe in it and know what the risks are. You know, that that's when yeah. it works. But right. uh, Hyoga, clearly someone who's willing to just, you know, uh, uh, human life doesn't really have much value to. He, he doesn't value human life. He values right. what is proper, which almost seems like an kind of uh, an egotistical thing because he sees himself as proper. So yeah, and proper is very relative. Yeah. So as much as his design is cool, and I, I and I'm gonna like having him as the villain, he is nowhere near as compelling as Sukasa, in my opinion. Yeah. Like Sukasa is still he's the villain that I really like because he's yeah. the one who wants what's best and is trying to do what is best. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's gonna be interesting though. They're they're both forces to be reckoned. Oh yeah, and I love both their silhouettes. That shot where it's like showing like this show, it's really a sleeper when it comes to character design. But when it pops, like it really pops. Yeah. Also, uh uh Kinro, his stand his like stand on that bridge, that was a really cool scene. Yeah. Really well directed. Like and I liked uh um uh Ginro having to like cut the bridge. You know, like it was yeah. his responsibility. But he's like, I can't. I, I can't. He's like, how could I? And then Seku's like, don't worry. We're going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, and I think that was, hold up. I might have just noticed something. The whole, like, rules are meant to be broken thing. Or lot. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> you know, don't lie. Okay, but but lie if someone's life is on the line. If you're trying to save someone's life from a, a malicious force, man, lie out your ass. Like, don't even stop. Just go nuts, baby. <laughs> like, this is to save this guy. Bluff, lie, whatever you gotta do, man. Yeah, also, you know, what is proper? It would have been yeah. proper to cut the bridge. It's not proper to, to, first of all, I mean, using guns at all is usually seen as dishonorable. But, like... <laughs> Just to lie about having the guns. Ah, I, I always like this because I, you know, I like the ragtag. You know, I, I like the Han Solos and the Guardians of the Galaxy. I really like those characters. Yeah, <laughs> you know, the the story about the space cop is never quite as fun as the story about the space pirate, in my opinion. I don't know. Space Patrol Luluko is pretty good. Oh, it's true. It was pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> I liked how. Uh, when you said that, I just saw some engine fired up in the background. Yeah, there's like a gener- it looks like a generator. Oh boy, oh. this is oh, this oh. is getting fun. Hang on, that's actually good uh, because that's a constant noise that I can uh, filter out with the noise reduction. Oh, there we go. So the banging, I can't do nothing about the banging, but the generator, the generator can actually be uh, taken out quite easily. Nice. But yeah, uh, I can't wait for more Dr. Stone. This show is so good, and there's so much in each episode. It never it never misses a beat. It never misses the mark, either. Like, it's uh-huh. consistently good. Okay, you want to go to Megalobox? Um, well, first, let's go to the Ahira Nosora. Okay, what'd you think? Okay, um, I really, really liked it. Okay, uh, I'm so happy. And, and I can totally see... Where 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 it could be built? In fact, it, it kind of it is already built. Mm-hmm. Um, when uh, like I when mean, he, he's short, and it's a basketball anime. Yeah, when he uh, 
when he inspired um, uh, Mo, 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 blonde guy, that blonde guy, uh, Pompadour. When he when yeah. he inspired him, uh, I was like, all right, yeah, this this uh, this is good. <laughs> yeah, it's like this is this is going somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> like we already uh, had a palatable change. Yeah, and then then in the third episode when he's uh, playing naked to uh, to inspire yeah. the other members. Yeah, he, he, he's like, I just did the most embarrassing thing that anyone could be talking about. You guys can go practice. God, yeah, so good. Also, uh, so I like good. how he's always eating calcium because he's trying to get stronger bones, but it's like, you know that has no effect, right? <laughs> like, that was a good moment. <laughs> the, the bring it on kind of thing when he just snaps it in half and then gets his butt kicked. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man, he's a really likable character. And... Yeah, I like uh, the the twin brother of Blonde Pompadour, the dude with yeah. the with the poofy af- poofy afro. Uh, Ch- Chiaro? Chiaro? No, Chiari? Chiari? Don't worry, we'll figure him out eventually. Yeah, hopefully. whatever. Anyway, but um, um yeah, his whole thing, you know, too much effort. I'm gonna really enjoy these characters. I'm gonna enjoy watching them become the best basketball players, even though I don't particularly enjoy the sport. Yeah, man, I, I think it's like, it's unnecessary at this point. And I, I actually, I, I enjoy basketball, um, mm-hmm. but I've never been into it to the degree that I am like um, football. Like, you know, I, I actually actively watch and played football. Yeah. But I've always liked basketball. Um, so it's made me want to like, I think I talked about this last time. It's made me like want to get back into it a little bit. Unfortunately, oh, really? the NBA with all this uh, China stuff, it was like, all right, well, maybe not. <laughs> maybe I'll just play play some video games and, and that'll be it. <laughs> or I'll just watch this anime. This will be how I'm into basketball right now. Yeah. But, um. Yeah, th- there's, there's so many key moments that are like, it, it's not just this is checking uh, the, you know, it's not like this is just checking the boxes. Like oh boy, these are, it's these are really rowdy over here. <laughs> God, is is there any way to like? There's probably not, huh? No. <laughs> All right. Well, we could probably just speed through this a little bit, but <laughs> now they're breaking out the saw. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is great. Uh, this is. This is why we we have to start as early as possible. <laughs> it's the only way around it. Okay, so Ahiro Nosora, really good. It's already looking like Belt, and I'm really excited to see these characters grow and change because it, that is apparent that that is going to happen. Yeah, uh, and it's been also, creative already. Like, there's clever little moments. Dude, there was one specific moment, and this is my line of the week, and it's Ooh. not even a line. Um, but it's the moment that. All right, I don't to... think that counts, but go ahead. <laughs> no, no, it counts. Shut up. <laughs> um, when he's when he's faking them out with the uh, when he's about to duck under them, but yeah. then he shoots backwards to do the the jump shot. Yeah, and it. And there's a gunshot sound when he shoots back. Oh, yeah, that was so cool. <laughs> that was my line of the week. <laughs> also, just the the execution of, like, 
I don't know. Like, like it's it's good that it keeps highlighting. Like all of these people are characters, mm-hmm. and and I like how much uh, the the blonde guy changes in just those first three episodes. Like yeah. he almost he resets him, and I liked that part where he was like uh, the main character, where he was like. That wasn't, you know, he almost blocked me at the beginning. He's like, that isn't just, you know, some guy who's going in here just to waste time. He used to want this. So yeah. that's something I can work with. Like, he wouldn't have tried that hard otherwise, was what he was saying. And I'm like, ooh, yes, that's so good. Because that's, that's like, probably the most relatable character that I don't think is is played to very often. Is the person who clearly actually wants to, to make something of themselves, but it's more convenient to not do it. And kind of his twin brother is the same way. Only, yeah. you know, he's, he, he words it differently or sees it a little differently. It's the same issue. You know, they've both got all this potential, but they don't want to fail. So instead they yeah. sabotage themselves. Yeah. There, uh, there and was God, is that part, relatable? There was another part with the, uh, the, the, the dark haired twin, um, when he was like, uh, when he was talking about carrots, and and he was like, because he saw some crazy guy scarf down a thousand carrots like they were the most delicious thing in the world. That was yeah. a really good line. Uh-huh. <clears throat> uh huh. man, that background noise. Maybe we should move on. Try to get. Try to finish yeah. this up. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Megalobox. Uh, so Monday was my first uh, my first day at boxing gym. Um, and it was friggin' sick. Uh, but, uh, about the anime specifically, um, uh, it's still incredible. Uh, and I... That rap. I, the rap song oh, about yeah. Gearless Joe. Oh, man. <laughs> How freaking great that was, is this? That was, was kicking. <laughs> um, Dude. And, and uh, I, I, I just... The only other I, note I, I, I wrote see- down... What? Go for it. <laughs> I just want to see more. Like, like every time I end, like I finish the three episodes, I'm like, my finger twitches. Dude, I'm the same way. Like, the next and I've already seen it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I really want to go forward. It just keeps pulling you forward. And and oh, I wrote the, the, this is. Uh, go for it. Go <laughs> the, the the fight uh, with this. I can't remember his name, uh, but the. I'm gonna just call him the mad scientist. Um, <laughs> the AI. Oh, bot. Mikio. Yeah, Mikio. I feel like that could also be its own movie. I know. Also, how good is Mikio as a character? <laughs> like, I was <laughs> in on his struggle too. I was like, oh my god, I'm, I'm like, I want this guy to win because he's trying to prove something. Yeah, and the, the whole the whole argument of. Did you react to that, or did your gear react to that? Yeah, and it's like, the <laughs> gear is me. He's like, I am Ace, because he's not entirely wrong. Like, like it's, you know, you're trying to see if he's a fraud or not, but it's like, he's poured his heart and soul into this thing. Yeah. Like, and it works so good metaphorically. Like, he isn't, you know, th- there's the, uh, um, God, what's that, that story, that, like, legendary story where it's, uh, um, that the steel driver versus the guy who's like physically hammering the, 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 the railroad spikes in what's his name. Uh, is that John Henry? Am I right? I think it's John Henry. I, maybe. 
think you're right. Okay, if I'm if I'm wrong, dang it. But I think it's John Henry. Uh, I, I remember reading that when I was a really little kid, and I've I've not read it since. But man, it stuck with me. But it's not quite that where it was like you know uh, you can't replace you know the human spirit with a machine. Like it just doesn't work because it doesn't work the same way. This was kind of like Mikio struggling with proving that that's not what's happening. Because it's like, yeah. the machine is his creation. Like, it is him. Almost to the point yeah. where that's why it isn't marketable. Like, it's something that he's... So tailored for him. Yes. Like, like he, he's made it his own. It's now an extension of him. God. But, like, yeah, authenticity was the main theme with this little arc. And, like, you know... um Ah... Uh, like fight him, not his gear, was yeah. was what he was telling Joe. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in like, uh, Mikio had to fight Joe, not fight the idea that he wasn't using gear. Right. And I loved that the thing they were banking on that it reads gear, not humans. It just didn't work. Like Mikio yeah, it, figured it out. He thought of it. It. Told, oh man. He's such a good villain. Also, like... Also, he could have been his own protagonist, which is the best kind of villain. I know! And he he still was, like, doing kind of, you know, villainous things, but it was for his big picture goal. It's like, you know, my main villain isn't Joe. My main villain is my sister. Right. You know, he's trying to prove that, you know, he he was the right person to to head head his family's company. But, like... It's kind of his revenge and is like, is the AI the metaphor for his vengeance or whatever? Yeah. And then like by the end, like it's God. Like it was like with Aragaki where like by the end he has achieved his goal in some way. He's figured out something about himself. Yeah. But it was also great for Joe too, because God Joe's just, technique is constantly evolving. Like when he learned that new punch. Yeah. And just, Man. you know, what what are you willing to risk? Because, you know, they yeah. couldn't they couldn't go out there originally because he was gonna expose him. And then like yeah. the difference when they were saying like uh Mikio had to stop you because he's afraid of you. But Joe was like, that's not what's happening. It's yeah. like, I can't think that he's afraid of me because he's like, he's not going to win like that. Yeah. It's like, stop, stop trying to minimize your opponent. Like, put them where they should be. Like, they're yeah, a real that's threat. that's how you underestimate. Yeah, and it's like, you should respect them. Um, But that was, that's mostly like episode nine. The only note other than like the gearless Joe rap that I wrote down for episode seven, which episode seven was kind of like a lot of groundwork being laid. But during that groundwork, like them, them just talking about the strategy and talking about, you know, what are we going to do next? All of it was so interesting. And like, I think like the camera work, the, the way things are like, I guess well, the way the dialogue's written is that it has this pace to it. Like, you know, like they're constantly figuring something out, like they're working things out the whole time. So I was like, yeah. it has this this gift of staying interesting and exciting when basically nothing's happening. It's just two people talking. Yeah. Uh, it's 
it's so satisfying. Like and their their use of flashbacks is also really good. I've never been like jarred out of the experience with yeah, their flashbacks. It's deliberate. It, it feels yeah. like it was absolutely necessary and you want to see the flashback when it's shown to you. And yeah. You know, there and is they're no, never very long. They're yeah, they're never long. And and they're not they're not for Joe. They're for these other characters that need to be introduced. You know, how did they get here? That's actually yeah. interesting and important to the story because, you know, we want to, we have to see their character development, which, oh my God, his opponents have character development. They're just, yeah, this is amazing. Like, um, oh man, the, the whole build up to the fight with Yuri. I am like, I am dying for dude, this fight. <laughs> okay. So I, because I have uh, standards, I didn't put a moment as my quote of the week. <laughs> But my favorite thing that happened, I was like, Joe and Yuri win best stare down for the third week running. <laughs> like that stare down they get like just in the, the contrast of like where they stand in it. God, yeah, I'm so excited. Like, hey, I'm in your ring. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so good. Such right. a good moment. I could, um, I could but keep yeah. talking about this for days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, uh, uh, the... Uh, oh, man. I, I didn't write this down. And now I'm kind of having a hard time remembering. But the scene where, like, Joe crashes the party with his motorcycle. Yeah. Oh, man. That was sick. Yeah. And just, like... Uh, the the posturing and like the people who are like this is about this and then you know these these dudes come in and are like no it's about this <laughs> like it's not it's not about you know just uh, uh marketing which is like yeah. megalonia is really what it really is, is they're just marketing things you know yep. literally that it's just like a stage to market technology and products but the fighters are just like no it isn't no it's about to fight now it's about us about our struggle yeah. <sighs> oh, also, man. I love the way how each of the uh, these episodes end, where it shows the uh, the not dead yet thing in the yeah. corner. Because I have a feeling that that's going to change. It's going to be like the the sea space cowboy type feel. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, this is why it's difficult where I've seen it and you haven't. But mm -hmm. th this this thing how they keep reiterating the stakes. Yeah. Um, e even when it's, you know, just kind of in passing through like the, the little, um, what are those called? Where it like breaks for a commercial. What are those things that play? Uh, I don't know what they're called. I call them eye catchers because that's how I remember them from current logon. Well, they, those literally were eye catches. Yeah. But like, <laughs> um, I can't remember what's. I guess it's like an intermission card or something. It's like a know. commercial break, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, those things. Commercial card. Like be using those deliberately to like reestablish a feeling and style. It's good that even though Megalobox will have these long segments where like you know just different things are happening, it's good to keep reestablishing that people can die. Like there, there could be a death. Someone could be heading for their death. And, like, this isn't just, you know, this isn't just a sport anymore. Like, 
Yeah, I mean, Nandu's literal life is on the line. Well, so is Joe's. Like, Joe is fighting yeah. for his life. And he's not just fighting for it, you know, because he doesn't want to get killed by the mafia, which, I mean, that's a fine, fine goal to have, not getting killed by the mafia. <laughs> but the other goal being, like, he wasn't living before. He's he's wasting away, not living to his up to his potential, where he basically, you know, effectively might as well have been dead. Right. Like, he, he's fighting... To, to have the life he wants. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. He's, oh, it's good stuff. I'm really enjoying really good this. Stuff. In also, fact, I, I, it, it's catching up to, uh, it's catching up to Dr. Stone is my favorite for this, uh, this go round. Yeah. Uh, well, it could be the favorite burner. It, it, we could, we yeah. Could oh it. yeah. It's, it's definitely my favorite burner. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, <clears throat> also a little bit of, uh, reestablishing that thing that, was the the main theme of Aragaki's arc in that you're fighting for tomorrow. Yeah. Like, don't lose don't lose sight that this is the only fight that matters because that's what happens with Mikio. Like Mikio right. figures out there's a bigger fight that he needs to be trying to win. Yeah, a fight that's unrelated to boxing. Yeah, like it, you get the, these characters are getting tunnel vision, and it's like tunnel vision is kind of. This um, tunnel vision, tunnel vision, short short sightedness, and like um, quick and easy solutions, mm-hmm. and you know, kind kind of procrastination is kind of the main villain of this this story's philosophy. Is like yeah. you know taking the easy route, taking the uh, you know don't worry about the big thing, you know just just you know uh, you can throw the fight, you know you'll make some money, and it's like you make some money now, but you won't go anywhere, you won't become anything. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, I like how I like how there's a consistent theme going through it, and just like uh-huh. frequently reestablishing that like Yuri is who he wants to fight. So don't get stuck just you know wanting to just win this fight and laying it all out there. Like yeah. you still need to fight Yuri. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> ah my. I, I have to be careful. I, I feel like I might be misremembering something that's in a later episode, so I'm not going to... I just won't worry about it. Alright, so next week we're watching the next episode of Dr. Stone, the next episode of Fire Force. My nope. Hero Academia is not airing today, so we probably won't have another episode for next week. Is it? Um, is it today that it isn't airing, or is it I'm, the next I'm fairly week? certain it was today that it's not airing, so we won't have... We won't have any My Hero to talk about next week, but the following week we will. Okay, and hopefully Um, there's actually something to talk about. Yeah. And then we're at least watching 9 through 11 of uh, Megalobox. Uh, We might call an audible and watch the whole thing, but we'll tell you that at the beginning of the podcast next time so you could pause it. Which, by the way, it would would be 10 to 11, because we did watch episode 9. Yeah, Uh, yeah, sorry. Um, And then, then we're watching... Episodes uh, four through six of Akira and the Sora. Yep, and, and it will become a break. Yep, and then we're also going to check for burning effect. Yep, Which, and then we'll only have one burner that we will may have finished. Yeah, um, so we, we might find some we new might stuff. start we might start um, Gunbuster. Ooh, hey, I'm down for that. I'm All always right. down for watching Gunbuster again. Do you, do you want to start that this week, or do you want to wait until next week to start? I think. How about this? We let's finish Megalobox. 
Okay. And next week will be the Megalobox thing. Because we aren't going to have My Hero. We'll just have Dr. Stone and Fire Force. So yeah. then, you know, the, the main meat of that show can be really talking about not just those last episodes of Megalobox, but what it is as a show. Because yeah. it really comes into focus later on. And God, have I been waiting for that conversation. So we'll, we'll put right. off Gunbuster until next time. Okay, sounds good. All right, well, uh, I am going to get back to the warmth. Um, yes, and away from the noise. <laughs> What's Ultra? <laughs> I'm going to play Skullgirls. I don't know. See you all later. Yeah, so, so, bye. Here's the the new Fire Force intro song. It's pretty good, pretty dang good. Yeah, it's a banger. <laughs>